Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the 7 a.m. Eastern Time Overeaters Anonymous, A Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Amy G, and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Maryland. Today's date is Tuesday, March 28, 2023, and today we are reading from the big book. We are on page 70, the first paragraph, starting with, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. That entire paragraph ending in these are the facts of our experience. Today's readers are Trisha D, Rena L, Colleen M, Elise D on the 12 steps, Esther F on the tradition, the newcomer greeter Freya H, and the host of the second awesome unrecorded hour, Ken W H. The reference numbers for yesterday, Monday, March 27, 2023, 7 a.m. 20,089, that's 20089. And for the 10 a.m. meeting yesterday, uh, 20,090, that's 20090. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, Our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask for Elizabeth D. to read the 12 steps. Please go ahead, Elizabeth. Good morning, everyone. This is Elizabeth D., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Cincinnati. Uh, the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to a belief that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. may direct amends to such people wherever possible except when to do so when injure them or others. 
can continue to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening, as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Thanks for letting me do service. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you, Elizabeth. I will now ask for Esther F. to read the 12 traditions. Please go ahead, Esther. Good morning. It's Esther F., a recovered compulsive overeater from Cleveland, Ohio. The 12 traditions. Number one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants they do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six. An OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. And 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me do service. My pass. Thank you so much, Esther. Okie dokie, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. If you go over, you'll hear me say time. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only, please. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute your phone. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study in the big book. We are in the chapter, How It Works, on page 70, the first paragraph starting with suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. And I am going to ask Tricia D. to get us start, started. Go ahead, Tricia. Can't wait. 
All right. All right. Good morning. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you for allowing me to do service this morning. This is Tricia D. from Georgia. I'm a compulsory reader and gratefully recovered. Suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Does this mean we're going to get drunk? Some people tell us so. <clears throat> but this is only a half-truth. It depends on us and on our motives. If we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and will have learned our lesson. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. We are not theorizing. These are facts out of our own, out of our experience. And this is just a powerful paragraph. I have the whole thing highlighted in my big book. What I love to just kind of emphasize this particular section is it depends on us and on our motives. I'll just start with that one. To me, when I read that, meaning where is my ego in all of this? You know, I have a tendency to be a perfectionist. And when I realize I'm perfectly imperfect, um, that that's when I say, gee, am I trying to be somebody I'm, I'm not supposed to be? And do I try to give the appearance I'm trying to impress other people? And as it further states, if we are sorry for what we have done and have the honest desire to let God take us to better things, we believe we will be forgiven and we'll have learned our lesson. So I look at that and I go, honest desire to let God take us to better things. So what's this honest desire that I have to embrace? And for me, it's humility and surrender, meaning, Lord, um, I am a work in progress and never, never perfect. And this is something that I know that I have to work on day by day. But take me to better things is a closer relationship with him. The more I can dump the garbage that I carry in my life of trying to be something that I'm not, the more I'm going to be back into the food and get drunk again and, and lose my abstinence. So um, I do believe I will be forgiven because I see God as a, that prodigal father. He's always embracing me, taking me back. And I always learn through my sufferings. I learn from mistakes. And so I just go, okay, Lord, thank you for the message you're teaching me today. And so but when I'm not sorry, when I think, oh, I am so blind to my mistakes or I'm not willing to really do those 10 steps or do, do a good fourth and fifth step on a regular basis or just really live in that design for living in steps 10, 11, and 12. When I don't keep that up, I know I'm going to go and get drunk again in, into the food. And for me, it's staying in the present moment and to know that um, I am right where I'm supposed to be right now and that uh, God is doing an awesome work in me, but yet I've got to remember to keep the motives of the humility and the surrender and to um, work the steps above all and do the action that this 12-step program embraces, which I truly love and has made the biggest change in my life. So, again, thank you for letting me share today, and I pass. Thank you so much, Trisha. Okay, so we're going to take some names and numbers to share on what was read. Friendly reminder that if you shared in the last couple of days, actually um, Monday or Friday, we ask that you uh, step aside and let others share their experience, strength, and hope as well. So who would like to share on what was read? 
Any this is Larry K. Instincts. 
and they're guided for me by this unseen creator. And within days, weeks, months, years, we begin to see, oh, I'm different. I'm not the same person I once was. Mm. You know, I know this guy. He couldn't possibly imagine he could ever walk more than a block or two. This guy walks three miles a day. Not me, by the way. Rain or shine. You know, and um, so this is all built. God had another plan for these people. The question really is, is my conception of God big enough? Is it powerful enough to motivate me to move towards action, to facilitate change in me? So there's the buzzer. Thanks, Amy. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Larry from Chicago. All right. Alice W., you're up, followed by Melissa C. Alice, please go ahead. Thank you so much. So lovely to be on this. Love this meeting so much and lovely paragraph. Thanks for your service. Uh, <clears throat> I hope I make sense, but um, I love this paragraph. When it says, suppose we fall short of the chosen ideal and stumble. Well, the, <clears throat> the ideals in reverse, to, uh, my four big character defects are impatience, impulsivity, jealousy, independency. And that's in my relationships. And and then I have my ideals of that. And I've been falling uh, short of those for a couple of weeks until I became like this weekend just completely agnostic and I I um I did fall short fall short <laughs> and I just took back my life and and um I kind of left everything that was good for me and I was got you know and and with my husband and everything like that and I didn't leave my husband by the way but um <laughs> I um and and basically I just have myself with no backup plan and and sort of slight self destruct, but someone said it's almost like a funny uh, brain fart. I just basically just fell over, and what happens is I just fall. And but what happened with that is it gave me such it's so much fear of being separated from God, um, and how I really will pick up again if I don't uh, have these spiritual disciplines and if I don't have certain things. Um, if I don't have my higher power above everything, um, then then I go and then I get really frightened because I'm very vulnerable because then I'm at sea again and I'm I'm floating off into the sunset and in a very um, stormy waters away from my my tribe my people and so what I've um, come back to is with a more stronger determination in my recovery program. This is all over a weekend, all very dramatic, of course, and. Um, you know, and developing my my calls, my tribe, you know, people who I can speak to, you know, uh, who have this same thing as me and the same solution and um, just this much stronger development with a higher power. And I feel really connected today um, and so really excited um, by program and and everything it gives me. And, you know, and it's also not beating myself up. And it's like, well, I'm not got, you know, I fell off, but I do have a real like thing that I really want to, I am sorry. And, um, you know, and I feel like God has forgiven, you know, whatever, you know, my higher powers forgive me, you know, I need to forgive me and, you know, sort of ask God rather than removing my defects is, is ask God for my ideals. Um, and, you know, this is my lifeline. So this is my, my recovery is is my absolute lifeline and it's not just it's the food as a symptom it's it's the diseases within me and it's a very insidious dangerous disease and um you know i have to sort of uh, be sprung into the fourth dimension as they say you know I, my solution is a is a higher power and this is how i get it is through you know through coming here and all all the other things that you know people suggest 
so I'm very grateful. Um, I, I probably made no sense at all, but um, I just do want to share my gratitude. And it's great to be back in the, back, back in the lifeboat again So as the buzzer's gone off. Okay, thank you. Thank you so much, Alice W. from, I'm guessing, the UK. All righty. Melissa C., you're up, followed by Wanda R. Go ahead, Melissa. Hey, good morning, Amy. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And, you know, I, I read, like, suppose I'm going to fall short. Um, and, I, you know, like, I kind of laugh, suppose. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna fall short because these are ideals. You know, these are like the the bullseye in the target and I'm like aiming for it, but at times I mess up and you know, and so like here's the thing, am I sorry? Right? Like here's the requirement because you know, we're not necessarily gonna relapse again just because we make a mistake, you know, just because we fall short of these ideals, these perfect bullseyes. Um, but the, my requirement is, am I sorry? Like, truly unhappy with my behavior, you know, not, but not like consumed with shame. Like, I should be able to, you know, do this and what's wrong with me? I'm an idiot, you know, but just not pleased with with my behavior, you know, and and in the past, it was like, well, I wouldn't be pleased if the outcome didn't suit me. But now it's like, mm, no, it's, I don't feel right if my own behavior was not aligned with my ideals. And and then the next requirement is honest desire, you know, to let God take us to better things, not honest desire to improve myself, not an honest desire to, like, will myself into being a better me, but to allow God to take me to better things. And, you know, when I think about this, I'm I'm reminded of a time I had actually had just done uh, a talk, a special edition actually, about my ideals and got off the call and then had a Zoom call with my siblings over something we were concerned with my mom's future and, and how we were going to care for her. And I went cuckoo on my siblings like I acted exactly opposite of my ideals I actually my brothers looked horrified when I was like lashing out at my sister everybody wound up getting off this zoom call so I was the last one on there and I was like what happened like and I fell short of my chosen ideals forget my motives like actually my initial motives were good, but my behavior was horrible, and I was honestly sorry. I felt I felt pretty bad that the way that I behaved, and you know, how do I allow God to take me to better things? Um, I did not let the day go by without making sincere amends, and and I let that you know I let that be my lesson, my indicator. Um, that if other people are pretty unhappy with my behavior, Time. I'll just end with that, that it's probably I'm falling short. And um, with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Melissa C. from New York. All right, Wanda R., you're up, followed by Ken W.H. Go ahead, Wanda. Good morning, everybody. It's Wanda. And uh, you know, I hope everybody has a great day. And uh, 
yeah, my situation changed a great deal. I have long-term COVID, and uh, with that comes a brain fog and uh, lack of motivation, lack of energy, big-time lack of energy, super fatigue. And uh, But, you know, I am abstinent. Um, I am working by program, uh, you know, as best I can, and uh, talking to my sponsor, making outreach calls, and, uh, you know, um, attending this meeting, and, uh, you know, um, changing, you know, I am changing, uh, you know, um, and, uh, you know, all I know is I have to keep reaching, you know, I have to keep reaching out. I actually, uh, before the meeting, laid in bed for about a half an hour past my uh, wake-up time, and, you know, I basically just couldn't move, you know. So uh, I don't know what the day brings. I'm trying to get appointments with appropriate uh, people, and, uh, you know, it's, you know, all I know is that life throws curveballs and, uh, you know, it's not contagious, you know, but I'm basically, you know, in the department with my husband and, uh, you know, not going anywhere. So, uh, you know, I I don't feel sorry for myself, you know, that's a no-no, you know, and, uh you know, I get my food delivered, and, uh, you know, I I just know that uh, I'm working my program, and I uh, keep reaching, keep reaching, keep, you know, like uh, pushing myself to, uh, you know, function and, uh, you know, be the best person I can be at this point and accept God's will, you know, just uh, love myself and, uh, you know, love my husband and, uh, you know, people come over and be great, but, you know, uh, that that doesn't happen too much, but, uh, you know, I'm reading and, uh, you know, praying, just talking to God all the time. So anyway, um, that's sort of a situation I I hope that uh, someone uh, could get uh, lifted somehow from it. Thank you. Pass. Thank you, Wanda. Healing prayers for you. Uh, Just for those who came on a little later, we are on page 70. We are on the first paragraph, and we're going to keep going and sharing on what was read with Ken W.H. Please go ahead, Ken. Thank you, Amy. Good to be here. I'm Ken W.H., Recovered Compulsive Eater from North Carolina. Um, I have to remember where I am in the book here. Um, This is the now about sex section, and um, in one of the earlier paragraphs it said, in this way we tried to shape a sane and sound ideal for our future sex life. Um, just uh, for me, it's too easy to globalize <laughs> things and ideas, and then I get overwhelmed and think, oh my goodness. <laughs> and that's not what it's asking me here. It's just 
let's look at this area of the sex issues that's you know that been a part of your life and it still is um so looking at that and having an ideal i believe i uh have uh, come on uh, come to a place of accepting and realizing what god's ideal for me is and has been all along i just haven't followed it uh but now i know what it is and and i do um I aim constantly at that ideal, um, and I frankly have gotten closer and closer and closer to it. Uh, that's what God does. God moves me in that direction um, and shows me the way to move in that direction, and I need to follow that regularly. Um, do I stumble? Um, well, <laughs> I, I don't act out on... Uh, my uh, sexual issues any longer. I don't do that anymore. Uh, I have a very healthy uh, attitude toward it all uh, as I age, and uh, God has blessed me richly uh, in that department. Um, I continue to move towards the ideal. It's always there before me. The book tells me that uh, the principles uh, are, that we set down are guides to um, progress move forward, be motivated, and move, progress toward uh, an ideal, toward the ultimate ideal that is of God, um, which is spiritual uh, relationship to God in its entirety. That's the direction I'm moving. God sets the ideal, ultimately, and that ideal is perfect, frankly, very, very perfect. It wants the best for me. It is complete, whole, fulfilled, and that's where I'm headed, and that's where he wants me to head on a regular and daily basis. I can claim some progress along the way as I progress towards that ideal. Um, uh, that that progression and uh, idealism and the, the perfection of God's ideal for me are not mutually exclusive. I Progress and perfection are not <laughs> mutually exclusive. They can be in the same sentence. And they do not cancel each other um, for me. I just keep making one step in front of the other and moving closer and closer to the God of my understanding. And life is really, really a whole lot better than it ever was. Thank you. Thank you so much, Ken W.H. from North Carolina. Kathy J., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Go ahead, Kathy. Hi, Kathy Jay in Illinois. Um, thanks, everybody, so far for your comments and for the, taking the service. Um, I love this reading. Um, you know, uh, I have to, um, I have to say this morning, my particular example is meddling. <laughs> I can just take that, and um, that's an example of something in my character that's deep down. My motive in meddling or um, is to get people to change and get situations to change. And when I'm doing that, I'm out of God's will. And when I bring God into any situation, um, it's going to get better. It, it's proven. It does it every time. So my when my ego takes over and I get arrogant and I know it all or I'm meddling, um, I know I'm not in God's will and I get real tense and ear, you know, stiff. And it's usually fear underneath. What's my motive? Well, usually it's to be safe, um, but my motive needs to be 
to have God go before me in this situation, bless them, change me uh, to, um, yeah, referring to sex in this, I had the maturity of an 11-year-old. I had to have God um, come into it. I was jealous all the time. Um, You know, a lot of abuse was driving me. And I need to look at it. It's not, I can go on a tenth of spawn and it's surface, you know. I need to dig deep. Um, My motive today is to um, be considerate, selfless, God-centered, and faith, have faith that things are going to work out. Um, And think about considerate of others. I can't believe how selfish I was. Oh, my God. I think I own all the defects of character. Okay, so they're, um, but I have to share them because we all have the same stuff. And that's what I need to be um, willing to be changed um, and to have my character um, refined. And it's easy, it's easier to be humble than to get humble. I mean, when I get too arrogant, I mean, something happens to slap me upside the head and that's okay. Um, Selfless, considerate of others, um, laughing at my defects because um, if I can get to the joke, (laughs) God's like, ah, it's the funniest thing ever. Look at you. You're the most important person in the whole world. Um, You know, and, and just God, what is your sexual ideal for me? What is your, uh, you know, just stop meddling. Be quiet. Try quiet. <laughs> you know, I can't do it myself. I never could. God has to God has to remove my compulsion to talk all the time to everybody about what I know. And uh yeah, it's such a good program because it's fluid. You know, I can change today and I can be absent. What I put in my mouth. If I put something in my mouth that doesn't belong there, I'm gonna get egotistical or irritable or discontent. It's just the way this disease operates. I'm going to be, you know, um, driven. So thanks, everybody, for letting me share. That'll pass. Thank you, Kathy J. from Illinois. All right, Vasa O, followed by Donna K, and then we're going to take some more names. Go ahead, Vasa. Thank you. Thank you, Amy G. I'm Vasa, grateful, recover, compulsive overeater, calling from Fort Tyler, Florida. Thank you for everybody's service this morning, and this is the sex part, and I'm so grateful it was the last part of my inventory to do when I did my writing. And, I again, there was a lot, there was a lot of shame around it. And uh, I'm so grateful that I kept on asking God to give me the courage to go through the rest of the inventory. And I was like 15 years old when emotionally... When I came in recovery, especially after I lost the weight, you know, I, I'm grateful that the, the, the weight carried protected me from acting out too much. And I'm not saying, you know, it seemed that every time I lost the weight, I would go back into flirtation. And I go back, you know, I listed all the people that, you know, that were in my sex part. It wasn't, you know, the flirtation it was like emotional, it was fantasy, you know, all the way back to my childhood. It started, I had a crush on my teacher in school, you know. So I listed all the people, all the crushes and everything, and uh, it was just amazing. It was embarrassing to admit all the behaviors I acted out, and um, but this was very serious for me when I did the sex part. And I 
Turkish person where there was fantasy, uh, watching television, actors, uh, Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton, I had a crush on him too. So anyways, and I remember I went, where was I selfish? For example, one person, I just wanted to have a boyfriend to love me, even if I didn't like that person. Uh, what, what did I want from them and why I wanted him to love me because that made me feel important. I liked their attention. And that, I mean, I did all those things for every one of them. And then my sponsor said, well, what is the sex ideal you'd want to write out? And I write it down on my husband, what I wanted him to do for me. And she said, no, no, you've got to rewrite it. It's you. You've got to do, do, you do that for your husband. And it was just amazing that, you know, for me, once I lost the weight, I needed to go through that teenage years, you know, and I thank God didn't really act out, really act out, having sex with people. But it was more, more like emotional thing, you know, I'd have emotional affairs, you know. And it is by the grace of God that has been lifted in my life, you know. I pay attention to mm-hmm. my husband. Thank God, I'll wrap it up. I love men. I respect men for what men are. But I, I don't have the desire, I don't have the need for, to be looking outside from my marriage or from, from myself. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. So, Donna Kay, and then uh, we're going to take some more names. Friendly reminder, we're on page 70, the first paragraph. Unpacking that one paragraph only, starting with suppose we fall short. Okay, Donna Kay, please go ahead. All right, good morning. Hi, it's Donna Kay, uh, recovered uh, from Ohio. Um, it's just been a great topic the past couple of days. Uh, I have a tendency to, um, I don't know, my recovery is more involved with emotional intimacy and and where I've had difficulty and, and some struggles and um and that involves with a lot of, you know, sibling relationships, um, uh, my spouse relationship. Um, you know, once my physical recovery got on a more stable basis, um, the, to me, the real work began with emotional sobriety. And um, it's just really expands to everyone I, you know, bump into <laughs> on the outside world and my and my inside world of my life. Um, there's been such big changes. Um, it's hard to put words to it. Um, it's a lot more sensitive to me to, like, emotionally, you know, become comfortable enough to be myself with people. And it's just, it's been a um, a joyful experience. And, and I had to be willing to make changes in my expectations and and um, being open with people. It's a lot more, well, it's a lot bigger issue for me and have needed my spiritual basis of my program to work to emotionally get close to people. And I'm so grateful for it. I just, I think my life is full of a lot of joy and a lot of uh, closeness and um it's helped me see other people and their sensitivities um, and it's just helped me be more compassionate, kind, 
and not and not as selfish as apparently you know when I was running the show. I don't need to run anyone's show. I don't even need to run my own show, you know. So anyway, um, thanks so much. Uh, the meeting's been wonderful. This well, the meetings have been wonderfully supportive in all aspects of my recovery. So thanks. I'll pass. Thank you, Donna. Donna K from Ohio. Okay, so we've got time for, I guess, probably four, maybe five folks. So who would like to share on what was read? First paragraph, page. Anna J. Katie B. Nancy J. Anna J. Okay, hold on, everyone. Okay, hold on, everyone. Everyone kind of got all jumbled here. The only person I got was Pete B. So who came in after? Katie B. Oh, sorry. Katie B. Illinois. Katie B. Anna J. David M. Anna J. I'm not sure I'm going to get everybody here, but this is what I've got. I think it was Katie G or Katie B. I've got Nancy. It didn't get the last initial. Pete B. I'm sorry. I'm reading them back. Nancy J. Okay, so here's what I got. I got Pete B, Nancy J, Katie B, David M, Anna J. I think that's what we got. If I missed you, please share in the second hour. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Pete B., please go ahead. Thanks, Amy, for taking the meeting. You're doing a great job. My name's Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm recovered today by God's grace and mercy in Pennsylvania. If we are not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we are quite sure to drink. You know, I'm not aware of any other place except on a page we're going to read pretty soon where it talks about what's going to cause us to drink. And this is saying if, we, if our conduct harms others, we are going to drink, right? So, you know, we spend so much time talking about our resentments and our fears and, you know, our feelings and emotions and this idea that our emotions are going to cause us to drink, yet nowhere in the book does it say that. And this here on page 70 and also on page 73, it talks about what is going to cause us to drink, right? You know, our problem, our problem is spiritual in nature, but it's selfishness and self-centeredness. And we don't treat selfishness and self-centeredness with selfishness and self-centeredness, right? We, that's, that's not the solution. The solution is not, you know, being able to, to practically manage our emotions. It's not, that's, that's, that, that's not the intent is here. The intent is, is to develop and form a relationship with the power that can solve our problem. And it's to help, it's to help us, uh, uh, you know, understand how to grow in understanding and effectiveness and manage our emotions, right? Being restored to sanity, right? But this is where it's when we come into contact with others and we are harmful to others. Now, what is harm? Harm is physical injury, especially that which is deliberately inflicted, right? Could talk about mental harming others, right, with, 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 our, with our behaviors and our actions, right? So, you know, the point that I'm, try, that, that I'm making here is that it's when my behavior impacts other people that brings me, that, could, that puts me in jeopardy to drinking. 
not when other people's behavior makes me feel uncomfortable. That's not what leads me to drinking. That causes resentment and fear, and that blocks me from the relationship with the God of my understanding, which, and, and the, God, the, the relationship with the God of my understanding is what keeps me from drinking here, right? So let's focus. Let's focus on our behaviors, our intentions, our interactions, and make sure that we're not being harmful to others and grow spiritually. And that is going to keep us from drinking. It says, you know, we're not theorizing. These are facts of our experience, out of our experience. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Pete B. All righty. Nancy J., you're up, followed by Katie B. Thank Go you. Ahead, Nancy. Thank you. What I want to say about this paragraph is it's so it's so beautifully constructed because it lets us make our own choices about our our sex ideal. And if you look at page sixty nine, it's our program tells us that some people, uh, as far as sex, they call it a straight pepper diet, and others no flavor for a spare. Very, very tolerant. This book is very tolerant about how people choose to look at sex, which is very beautiful. It's very inclusive, just like the idea of a power greater than yourself, your own higher power. But it doesn't tell you exactly what that higher power must be. It doesn't tell you here what your sex ideal must be. But it does give some pretty um, strong guidance about what it shouldn't be. And it tells you on page 69, it shouldn't be selfish. It shouldn't be selfish. And we shouldn't harm others. And that whole theme continues on page 70, where it says, look, we avoid hysterical thinking or advice, but we can't have behavior where we're harming others. So that seems to be the general point here, that your sexual ideal can be whatever is right for you by, by having a spiritual program, having a higher power. You can decide on what your ideal will be. However, it can't harm others. And when it says we stumble, it doesn't tell us what we're stumbling about but it does tell us that if we fall short and we're not sorry and our conduct continues to harm others, we're going to trouble. We're going to go back, in our case, to compulsive eating. And so we have to look and see at a minimum, are we harming others? If we're harming others, we have to be very concerned. We have to treat this as uh, a situation where we need God to help us. And uh, that certainly can't be a behavior that can continue. It's, it's violating our spiritual way of life. And, and yet the, the book is so tolerant about whatever our attitude is about sex. But there is a bottom line. That bottom line is we cannot be selfish and harm others. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nancy J., where are you from? Geneva, Illinois. In Illinois. Okay, gotcha. 
Yeah, everyone try to remember to introduce yourselves and tell us what city and state you're from or just what state. So in case people want to try to find you on the contact list, they can do so. All right, Katie B, you are up, followed by David M. I'm not sure, Anna, we're going to get time for you. But please remember, we got that second awesome unrecorded hour that you can share as well as we keep things rolling. All right, Katie B, you're up. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you. Uh, good morning. My name is Katie B. I'm in New York. I'm uh, gratefully recovered. And um, wow, I'm, I'm very grateful for this paragraph and to God. It's exactly what I needed to hear today because as I was writing to God this morning, I actually was seeking help on something just like this. I don't have my answer yet. I might actually be calling some fellows later on today for some God with skin advice. But I... Um, I showed up in an unrecovered way recently, um, and I've been taught, and I understand that we treat all, I am to treat all my problems the way I'm to treat sex. And so this weekend, I did something that I'm not happy with myself about. Um, I was impatient. I was impulsive. I was not thinking about God at all. And I don't like the way that I showed up. And I actually went to God today and said, what am I supposed to do? And here, here is the beginning of my answer, right? And um, I'll, try, I'll tell you very briefly what I did. I took my kid to urgent care, and I didn't like the way they were treating him, not like emotionally, like what they were doing for him. So I took an alcohol swab and a Band-Aid because when I left, I was going to treat him myself um, in the way that I didn't like the way that they were treating him. And um, my son was so upset with me. He thought I was going to get arrested. He was really upset. So I have to look at two things. Number one, did I harm the urgent care? And I've been justifying it. I paid a $60 copay. You know, I've been rationalizing that it wasn't the wrong thing to do and focusing on the urgent care and the harm to the urgent care. But really, the harm, I think, is to my son. You know, have I shown up and done treated my son in my ideal and the answer is no and i don't know what to do with that yet other than to be honest about it and seek the wisdom in this paragraph um, i mean i am sorry i do want to do things better but i really need to reflect on that because that's not recovered behavior and um thank god we have a book for it and we have fellows for it and um and I know that it's, I'm going to get my answer. I know more will be revealed. And I know because I asked God what to do about this. And today, this was the paragraph. So um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm contemplating this and I'm thinking about it. But I'm so grateful for the paragraph. And for everyone who's spoken so far, it's been really helpful. And I wish you all a beautiful day. OK, bye. Thank you, KDB. David M., you're up. David M., you're up. Press star one to unmute, please. Pretty sure I heard of David M. Maybe not. No, David M. Okay. Well, Anna J., I guess you get your turn after all. Please go ahead, Anna. Thank you so much. I'm Anna J. from New York. Um, 
compulsive overeater, and I've never real, never spoken. Um, and um, I'm very grateful in the program, and just wanted to um, share today. Um, I recently came through this portion with my um, vision sponsor, and um, I'm really I'm just so excited and relieved because. I think this concept, honest desire, it's almost like those two words have never been together in the same context in my whole life. Um, You know, this idea of desire as an appetite. You know, I have had an appetite, you know, to go in the food my whole life. And then coming in here, we see the word desire in the third tradition. I do have a desire to stop um, compulsively overeating. But what I noticed in this very portion of the text and in my life right now is for the first time, I can say that I have a desire to move towards something different. I'm not just moving away from, you know, I really, I love that idea that to have the honest desire to let God take me to something better. And I just could cry because that is, I've never felt this way in my life. And, um, I just wanted to say I'm grateful for this group, and I'm definitely going to keep coming back. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anna J. from New York. Welcome, welcome. Um, David, I'm going to circle back. We do have two minutes. David M., are you still there? wanted to give you a shot. Okay. Well, we have two minutes for one share. Who would like to take us out? Veronica Hi, this C. is Elaine. Veronica, I heard you. Yes. Go ahead, Veronica. Hi, Veronica C. from New York, and um very grateful to be here this morning. You know, I look at this paragraph, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, my gosh, you know, I know God is the director. I'm very aware of that. But it is always up to me initially to create inside of me the willingness to want to take the action to move forward and then god will provide that space god will open up a path for me so although god is the director i am still in the equation because god cannot do for me what i am not willing and i do not put into action to do for myself and um, to me that is so empowering because it doesn't mean that I'm not important in the scheme of things and it doesn't mean that I am the most important thing in the scheme of things because it's really the action that really leads me to the place where God has the opening and allows himself or herself or whatever to come through and guide me. And with that, I am so grateful because love is the motivating factor for me. And um, as was recently shared, you know, there is so much that we have to look at in terms of our thoughts, our feelings, all that. But the only motivation that really, really matters is the powerful motivation of love. And with that, I pass. Perfect timing. All right, Veronica C., thank May you so much. May I close with a 30-second share? 
I'm sorry. We are past 7.55 at this point, so i got to wrap things up. But please feel free to share in the second hour. All right. I'd like to thank everyone who shared. Please join us for another second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. The share ID for today, Tuesday, uh, March 28, 2023, 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 20,092. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Rena L., can you please take us out? Uh, sure. Hi, this is Rena L., uh, recovered compulsive eater from Ohio. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely to what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.